like Harry, if you know that A will get you into med school so that you can go save lives, that's your purpose. You've known you wanted to do that. Then, yeah, you got to go get that A and you should and you should study because you have that higher purpose. If you know that A is going to like get you into law school so you can fight for innocent people on death row, then yeah, go get it. Like the A is not the end, but it can be a means to an end. Podcast Junkies, episode 227. Welcome back. I'm your host, Harry Duran. If you're new to the show, this is the one where we interview fascinating, interesting folks around the potosphere. This week, I get to speak to Jordan Paris, a 22-year-old author, podcast host, and entrepreneur who's been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, Men's Health, Yahoo Finance, and Market Watch. Pretty crazy, huh? But before I get into further details, in case you missed last week's episode, I spoke to Brenda Salinas-Baker. She's working on some amazing projects over at Google, and we had a really good conversation if you're interested in how you can optimize your podcast for Google and what it takes to build a quality show. I highly recommend you check that out, episode 226. This episode is brought to you by Focusrite and the Scarlett 2i2 sound card, my go-to sound card for ensuring I have quality audio in every podcast episode. I use the 2i2 frequently. The 3G is the latest version and provides high quality, high gain inputs. And I regularly use it with my Samson Q2U microphone. Can't say enough good things about Dan Hewley and the Focusrite team. Find out more about the full product line at podcastjunkies.com forward slash Focusrite. Jordan's story is really interesting. He's interviewed a bunch of up-and-comers as well as what people would consider big names in the industry. James Altucher, Grant Cardone, Robert Greene, Naveen Jain, all by the age of 22. We discuss the art of podcast interviewing, how to cultivate a growth mindset, and what's motivated Jordan to reach such incredible heights at a young age. It's a truly inspiring episode. Let's not forget that this episode is also brought to you by Fullcast. Fullcast Fullcast.co is the website. If you need help with any aspect of your show from launch to production and marketing, we can help. Schedule a free chat at Fullcast.co forward slash chat 15 about your existing or new show. Stay tuned to the end of the episode where I reveal this week's retention hashtag. But for now, let's get into this conversation with Jordan. So Jordan Paris, we're going to intro you and uh, welcome you to Podcast Junkies, now that we've been chatting for a couple of minutes. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You know, I've definitely respected your work for, for quite some time, like known of you and heard always great things about you. I think that's what spurred this. Uh, it was my last, last time I talked with Zach, he was just telling the story of you and, and him at Podcast Movement. Yeah. So, and that's only like the... 97th time that he's brought you up <laughs> in our conversations. So I was like, I'm going to reach out to them. We had a check-in call earlier today. So they're, they're excited about what's happening with Dolby and some new features. They just tested out the screen share function, which is pretty cool. I'm so excited for that. Yeah, that's coming soon. What about like the video recording capabilities? Have you gotten to test that out yet? Yeah, that's going to be coming after as well. So you haven't tested that yet though? No, not the video recording. No, but it, they're using the, the same backend. So the quality is going to be pretty good. So I'm pretty excited about that. Well, that's, that's going to be big because then there's going to be no excuses to use Zoom. Exactly. And they're doing some neat stuff with, I always had this dream that I could figure out how to press a button and have 
our photos immediately go to social with our social handles because I'm like, oh, I'm on Zoom now with Jordan. And then we could just do like look at the camera smile and just kind of have it immediately be a tweet. And so they're they're playing around with some stuff that That's might make cool. that a little, a little bit easier because I just I come from, a, you know, just the marketing background, like spread the word. And, you know, if just, just everyone like would be like, oh, I'm on I'm on now. Like and, and imagine if the tweet could go out now to show people that we're like, yeah, having it. And then later on, maybe if you build in streaming and be like, hey, you want to watch it, but just like turn chat off so you can kind of watch the interview live or listen to it. You know, super, super fans would like eat, eat that stuff up. So. What are you seeing as most effective now? Because I think that audiograms, audi those audiogram videos, I think they're those are really dying. Like the the stimuli there is becoming way too saturated. Yeah, it depends. You just got to keep mixing it up. You got to keep doing like state changes, and you got to do different things to get people's attention because everyone's attention span, especially now, like people are distracted by a whole range of things. And I think getting people's eye, whether it's in the Twitter stream or Instagram stream or on Facebook or on LinkedIn, you know, we promote on all platforms, Medium, even YouTube. It's the number two search engine. So people don't con consume the entire podcast on YouTube, but just by virtue of it being there, right. it helps find it. So it's all about discoverability and people finding the content. And you just have to be creative with how you're doing it because we just hit a million download, a million podcasts in Apple directory. So there's so many people oh, yeah. producing shows now. Yeah. Pod News is a great newsletter. It's run by James Cridland. He's he was on a couple of weeks ago out of Australia, but podnews.net. I listen to that. I listen to the podcast, but he also does a newsletter. And so I it's basically on my must listen every day just to get an update of what's happening in the podcast industry. It's a really good one. Is this your main podcast? Do you have a, do you have another podcast? No, just the, this is the main. Yeah, this is the main one since since 2014. And then Fullcast is the, the production company. So but it was just, you know, again, this this idea of having these long form conversations. So I'm curious when you you started the term podcast, like came on your radar and when you heard about it. Yeah, I think in the middle of high school, probably, which, you know, uh, for me, uh, six years ago so because i'm 22 now yeah and i like i think it was my uncle telling me to listen to this lewis house guy oh yeah yeah and that's what i started listening to uh yeah maybe towards the end of high school yeah definitely not the middle definitely towards the end so like yeah 2014 2015. when you were listening to that were you consuming any type of content that was that flavor like inspirational or you know whatever category you would put lewis in i mean i maybe i just started reading awaken the giant within by tony robbins and that was like my first venture into that world but no so even reading tony robbins like who put you onto that is that something yeah, same guy so uncle brian yeah <laughs> <laughs> tell me a little bit about him like has, has he always been like into this self-improvement type stuff inspiring stuff yeah he really is a very fit guy you know all about his his health. He's a, he's a chiropractor and he actually like a couple of years, maybe a year ago, took it real far. He went on a, some sort of shaman retreat in God knows where, like, like he's about that man. And he's about the, the psychedelics, but you know, like, and, and like, yeah, he's an interesting, interesting guy. Really interesting. <laughs> it's, he's a pretty badass uncle to have. <laughs> he is. He got me into like working out and good. And yeah. A lot of good things have come from him. Shout, shout out to uncle, uncle Brian. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Does he listen to your show a lot? Well, it's a weird thing. Like it took a while because like he had, he very much had the role of like mentor to me. So like took a while for him to take me seriously. And even now, like he will only listen to the episodes with like, you know, if he sees I come out with an episode, he'll see like what comes out, but yeah, only listen if it's like Mark Manson or Robert Greene or, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, someone that he like really, really, really knows. I guess I'll be listening in a couple of days because Mark Manson, another episode with him is coming out. So Uncle Brian will be tuning in next week. I can, <laughs> I, I, And I know he just consumed Mark's latest Audible, his Audible original, Love is Not Enough. It was really good. Yeah. I, had, I consumed it probably about a month ago in preparing for that interview and, and uh, Brian just consumed it as well. He was... He was texting me about it the other day. You should have Mark give your uncle a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Love he, loved, he really loved Brian keeps texting me like, do you think we could get dinner with Mark Manson in New York? <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, I need you to make this happen. That's hilarious. <laughs> so when you were listening to Lewis Howes, there's, there's something about appreciating the content as a listener. When was the click for you that this might be something that you could do yourself? Yeah, it was never a while listening to that podcast that it clicked for me that I could do it for myself. Even when Lewis Howes had Mark Manson on, like for the first time, and, and I, you know, I'd listened to that episode. And maybe this is like 2016, 2017. Yeah, I think it was 2017. So it was like nine months after The Subtle Art came out. And I hadn't had a podcast yet. Like I was still a year out, out from having one. And like I heard that conversation, loved it, remember it. And uh, like it never occurred to me like, you know, one day, you know, less than a year, you'll have a podcast and, and less than two years from now, you'll be talking with Mark Manson on that podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like it never, <laughs> like I never like, I was never inspired in that way. Mm -hmm. It all just kind of came together. Like I just started this podcast in April 2018 uh, and I can't tell anyone why, like I don't know. I just, I don't remember. I just did it and I sucked and I got better and I started taking it more seriously and things started happening and then I took it more seriously. And then 2019 is when it really clicked like, oh, all these books behind me, Harry, I could, I could reach out to these people. Oh yeah. That's what I did. Talk a little bit about those early days then. Like what was some of the things that you... You know, where did, did you, just, was it all self-taught? Obviously all the information about how to start a podcast, you and I both know is as out there. It's not a, it's not a function of like when you're helping people and teaching them, you're shortening that learning for them and making sure they're not chasing, you know, going down rabbit holes and, and learning stuff about the wrong equipment to use. But I'm wondering if you could talk about how that process for you was, you know, the finding out information, figuring out how to start, who to interview, what that, what that format of your show was going to be. Yeah. I mean... You know, I had this very imperfect start, obviously, and, you know, I was growing as I was going and figuring things out along the way. And, you know, I started off on Anchor and and it was just not a good podcast. It didn't sound good. I wasn't good. It, I Like nothing about it was good. I thought it was good. I thought it was the best kept secret, you know, <laughs> uh, like a lot of people do. And I wasn't. And, you know, I, I'm just very resourceful. Like... Google, YouTube, like, and, you know, not every answer you get on there is right, you know, so so I try it, you know, trial and error and just like figuring things out. Like it takes me, you know, 
like I just couldn't for the longest time I couldn't figure out like the in-person interview setup without putting like a stupid like blue yeti microphone between the two of us it just sounds horrible it took me 10 months to figure that out like I just now I know of many solutions one some that are really easy some that are you know that are a little more complex like and now I got all the equipment like I know exactly what equipment to get like actually yeah I don't know I you know every time like I'm just uh, all over time I'm just becoming like a better interviewer when I definitely wasn't in the beginning but now I'm at the point where I think my interview skills I think that's what really makes the show it's the number one thing I get with people reaching out to me it's like just it just has to do with my interview skills and I still miss every now and then it takes two to tango really does yeah yeah so not every episode's like awesome but I think that my interview skills are like well above average to the point where yeah, yeah that, that that definitely is a big differentiator I actually put together a doc I haven't I haven't released it yet but I put together this document of 12 interview tips. I've only shared it with like my clients so far. It's like, I just care about interviewing so much. It's, it's just like this art form for me. Yeah, totally. And so that piece of content is just so sacred. Again, I have, I'm going to post it as like a LinkedIn document in the next couple of weeks. I've been sitting on it for a month already, but yeah, I, I just, I love interviewing and I'm just trying to constantly become better at it, consuming, you know, other you know, uh, studying other great interview interviewers, also studying myself because what if you're a football player, Harry, like you can't Harry the, the football player. Oh yeah. <laughs> if Harry's on the Philadelphia Eagles, he's a linebacker. You can't just, or you, or you may say he's a wide receiver. You can't just like watch when you're watching tape, you can't just watch the plays that you scored touchdowns. Like that's not going to teach you anything. You have to, Watch the tape, run the tape back on the plays that you got beat on real bad. And you got to learn from that. Like, so when my podcast comes out Monday morning, I listen to it every time. And I, and I found myself, you know, only listening to the interviews that I like, liked and thought were good. And then I was like, I, I kind of realized it like, no, you got to watch the tape even when, it's bad. And so now every, I don't skip. I always, and, and I'm just like, like things that I could have done better. I'm, I'm a little hard on myself. Um, not too hard to the point where it makes me depressed about like, you know, my, my errors, but like, there's just so much room for improvement always. I'm, and, it, and that's a very hopeful thing. How did you start thinking about the types of guests that you wanted on the show? And obviously, you know, we have links to all the your past guests. And so there's a nice who's who in there. But when you first got started, you did mention the the, the, the library of books that you had as an inspiration. But yeah. Oh, yeah, how did you start thinking about that process when you started booking the, those early guests? And, and when did you start noticing the ability to connect with more and more influential folks? Now, early on, I was just doing it for production's sake like i didn't it was just doing it just to do it there wasn't any inspiration really like i was just kind of interviewing anyone i could interview you know what i mean then i think around like in the 60s episode 60s you know around 70 80 around that range i i really start realizing like you know the inspiration that is literally my library and you know it's to the point now like I've gotten to the point where 
I've interviewed just about everyone who's written these books who's alive. Obviously, you know, you see Shel Silverstein here. The guy's dead. I haven't interviewed him. You know, Dale Carnegie, he's dead. I haven't interviewed him. Uh, Tony Robbins, I have not interviewed. He's alive. So that's that's an aspiration. But, you know, all these other people, yeah, like, like this is my favorite shelf here. Brendan Burchard is on that favorite shelf. I haven't interviewed him. And then Tim Ferriss is also there. Have not interviewed him. But, yeah, that's it. So everyone else is a go. Yeah. And, and that was that was my inspiration. What's your intention when you get on the microphone with these folks? Like what do you what do you want to happen after that that hour conversation is over? Yeah, you know, something that I need to focus more on is becoming friends with them and, and building the relationship because I'm just so focused on the listener and like how to make it interesting for them. But then again, you think like Jordan Harbinger said like the opposite. I think he says, I think uh, a big mistake is to try to be, you know, be friends with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've spoken about this with uh, Eric Hunley of Unstructured as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Eric. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's just understanding what, not necessarily like what you want to achieve or get out or build in terms of the relationship with them, but just, you know, to your point, thinking about how do you know if a, interview was successful or not it's a feeling it really is someone told me to do this the other week and i and i i did it i was like what what the heck why not it's it might actually be cool like rate every guest you've had because i already have a spreadsheet of all my guests with like information there and i was was like all right i just had another column rate them on a scale of one to five like the vibe that they gave you very general thing you know it, it can't really be explained. And I think that the average rating I gave, you know, my guess was a 3.88, which is, I think, because there, there are like a few ones. And <laughs> there, it, again, like I said, it takes two to two to tango. I mean, I think it, it's successful when the other guest, when the guest brings the fire. Like, like yesterday, I had Dean Graziosi, and he just, he brought it, man. <laughs> like... We we got here's how okay here's the definitive measurement too also this is a bit this is the biggest thing did I get something new out of them not all the things that Dean talks about all the time if it's the same old interview then I failed yeah did that a little bit with Dean yesterday so I'm happy about that and then like it was just a it was a perfect it was like a trifecta yesterday like he brought the energy we got new stuff out of him and. At the end of it, he's like, dude, I want to give you my phone number, like, like my personal phone number. Like anytime like you're feeling some type of way or you going through some some challenge, like literally I'm giving you permission to like text me like any like and I'll save you. I'll save you time. I was like, <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, dope. So I was like texting Dean yesterday. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So I was never saying it. So like it was just a trifecta. Like it was everything. Everything went right there. Like those are the three main things, I think, because, you know, continuing the relationship is part of it. But first and foremost, it was definitely interesting, or it's going to be interesting when it is eventually released. It's going to be very interesting for the listener. I know that. How much prep do you do? Oh, I do a lot. Books, podcasts. If I don't read the whole book, I mean, I go through part of it um, or Audible, you know, make highlights in there. Sometimes write in the margin, like ask, you know, while I'm out, because I have time to think about these interviews. I book them very far out. And I do like one per week, 
two max. So like I'll you know I'll be out and I'll just be thinking about it because this is my it's just my pride and joy. Like this is the, the joy of my life, you know, this podcast. And so I'll write like you know I'll go notes on my phone and just write some thoughts that that come, some bullet points there. I will also I keep notes on in Microsoft OneNote. I have a Microsoft OneNote page for every guest, and that's where everything in the end gets transferred from my phone to Microsoft OneNote. And, you know, there's bio, bullet points, questions, and then I just kind of like organize it. And, you know, the idea is not to like, you have to be open to veering from your agenda. Like it has to be natural. It can't be like, like an interrogation. Like, Harry, where'd you go to school? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Love it. Uh, Next question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love it. Next question. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. Favorite Next ice question. cream. Favorite ice cream. <laughs> yeah, right. Who cares? That's boring. <laughs> it's weird. Got to be open to veering from that. The best podcasts are like when I, because I, I, I always have to know where I'm going first. That never changes. Like I, like the first thing is always like the first thing. That doesn't change. You got to know where I'm going first. So I'm not stumbling all over my words and it's awkward and whatever. But after that, like we could hit flow and the structure, everything else could very well go out the window. That's what happened yesterday. And those are the best podcasts when everything, whenever, when, when your agenda goes out the window. Yeah, it's, a, it's the ability to manage that on the fly and the ability to see where you're given an opportunity. Like if you talk about something and I want to pull that thread and I'm going to be like, wow, Jordan, you just mentioned something really interesting. Something that caught my interest was the fact that you talked about a spreadsheet and then you gave me this the, the number of the average and then you gave me the number to two decimal points out. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, because you, you said something about who you are when you did that. And I was like, okay, I wanna, I'm want i going to come and I'm gonna bring that back. So just it's that, uh, that, that listening, that sort of like active listening where if you think about your listener is there with us. Like I always say, there's three people in a conversation. There's me as the host, there's you as the guest, and there's the listener. They've pulled up a stool. They're sitting here with us. You, the listener, I'm talking to you right now. That's Jordan and I and, and you. And I want to make sure you're included in this conversation as well because I don't want to miss an opportunity to dig deep on something because I've listened to shows and I'm like, oh, ask them about that. Ask them about that. You know, you're just like, oh, why didn't you ask them that question? You know, and obviously, or maybe this is something only podcast hosts do because <laughs> I'm always like fascinated by the art of interviewing as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting to be active. And what I found is just the video is great because the, I love the body language. I love I love asking people a thoughtful question and then seeing their eyes go up and and, then, and they go up to, and they're like ah and it goes up and to the left and they're like and you can like oh they're thinking like and then I and then being this is the other thing to be comfortable with silence and so many times you want to jump in you're like ah oh, this is going too long this is going too long it's too quiet it's too quiet but it's just it's the magic of editing you could always you know tighten it up in in the production so I'm just like I keep my mouth shut and the longer it goes the better I know the answer will be always say less than necessary two ears one mouth. Oh, what is it that makes you feel comfortable, Harry, in like when you're sitting down into a podcast? Like for me, it's like I said, knowing where I'm going first, knowing the first thing that I'm going to do, first thing that I'm going to say. Yeah, for me, it's trying to as quickly as possible get to the human connection. I just want to know who you are as a human being. What makes you tick? I, I don't want you to tell me things that you want me to hear. I want you to 
tell me things that you may be uncomfortable telling me. Yeah. And that's, that comes with building a level of trust, building rapport and putting people at ease. You've invited people into your podcast house and you're like, okay, this is, this is a safe space, you know, and you can talk about anything you want to talk about. And I've been on both sides of the conversation, so I know what it's like. And I never try to paint people into a corner, never try, you know, ask gotcha questions. And, you know, I just see where the conversation goes. And if you're actively listening, they'll, people's human nature, they'll let out things that they love or they're passionate about, not in a direct way, but they'll do it with the level of energy. Oh, yeah. If they're, you, if you see them laughing about something, if you see their body language or they relax and they're like, oh yeah, like I love telling the story or yeah, that's my favorite thing. And you're like, oh, they like, they really like this. And people love talking about things that they're passionate about. So, you know, and I get the sense that you're, you know, for being as young as you are, but you're, I feel like you're an old soul because you have this genuine curiosity for self-improvement and i'm wondering if you were like that in school like you know you mentioned spreadsheets and you know your meticulous one note so was that you as a student as well no no because i don't care about that stuff i don't care about that kind of learning like none of those topics in school like i don't really care man you don't care about the learning but you you do care not about not the... in school i care about i care about learning it's not, yeah and so what type of student were you? I can get all A's. I don't, you know, apply myself. And so my average was like, you know, few A's, few B's. Like I think high school, my GPA was 3.42. And then college, it was like after year one, like 3.65. I was really like actually applying myself. And then I was like, screw this. I'm going to start a podcast and a business and I'm going to like blaze my own trail. And my GPA went down to 2.7 real quick, really quickly. And I'm finishing with 3.01, I believe. So I think, yeah, people, people don't know this. People, people forget this too. Like I'm actually graduating in like three days. <laughs> Congratulations. Like I, I like I've, this whole time. I've been like an actual university student. Like it's actually, kind of, <laughs> it, it, I forget it too, because I don't do anything for it. I do the absolute bare minimum. And, you know, when it gets to the point, like I, the best thing that ever happened is like, what if scores? Like Canvas has this technology, essentially like not project management software, but like learning management software where everything is. That's what Canvas is. And you can type in, you know, it's your grade book there. You can type in like, okay, if I get a zero out of 40 on this assignment, what will my grade be? If I get, you know, and you can just do it for like a bunch of assignments, like the rest of the semester. So like once I would see like, oh, I don't need to do anything the rest of the semester. I would just like, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Like I, like what, what's the difference for me and what I'm trying to achieve? What is the difference between having a 3.4 GPA and a, and a 3.4? Oh, one or a 2.7. Like, like for me, it doesn't really matter. Like it's about knowing, you know, what you want, but also knowing why you want it. Because the quest for an A is meaningless without a purpose beyond just getting that A. Like, like Harry, if you know that A will get you into med school so that you can go save lives, you know, that's, that, that's the per that's your purpose. You've known you wanted to do that. Then yeah, you got to go get that A and you should, and you should study because you have that higher purpose. 
if you know that A is going to like get you into law school so you can fight for innocent people on death row, then yeah, go get it. Like the A is not the end, but it can be a means to an end. And uh, yeah, you know, like for me as an entrepreneur, on the other hand, I like it was study less, socialize more, learn how to effectively communicate your ideas and spend every living, breathing second implementing those ideas. And that's what I did. And I'm coming out of college and I don't have to get a job because I run a company just like Harry does. What do you think it it was that you could point to that made you different or the way you think different from what you would see on a regular basis being high school and then in college from like your fellow students? Because I would imagine the majority of them are in the process of looking for a job. And even now with this, what's happening with COVID and, and Corona, like this is probably the worst time to graduate right now. Yeah. So how, how would you describe, you know, how you see the world versus, you know, how th they see the world? I am a questioner. I question things, you know, also in my, as an interviewer, but also as just a challenger, like, like, is that the way we're really like, do I really have to do things that way? Mm. Always been like that. Always been. As a little kid too? Yeah, yeah. Like Curious George, my spirit animal, like my favorite movie. I'm Curious Jordan. <laughs> I like that. You know, sometimes it gets me into trouble. That's cool. That's what comes with being Curious George. Curious George got into trouble, you know? That's fine. But I'm a questioner and I ask that question, you know, do we really, you know, do I really have to do things like that? Do I have to do yeah. that? Why, do we, why, do we, why are we doing why, this? Why, why? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why? Oh my God. Uh, yeah, especially when it comes to grades and like busy work assignments. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of people are the opposite, like succumbing to the system and just doing what you're told and never really questioning that, never thinking of other possibilities, like just kind of going with the flow instead of like directing the flow. I don't know. I mean, that's a cliche, but like... No, being in charge of your own destiny. Yeah, I just don't go with the flow. Like, I just don't do that. What, were you, what was the conversation like with your parents as this was all happening? They're very accepting. From day one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, my mom doesn't like me... Doesn't like to hear complaining about school. You know, she'll be happy with you know, my career choices. Uh, she's like, they're so, they're very happy with my career choices. Very, very. Yeah, no, I just, I, I've always had very permissive parents. Mm. Just kind of like, you know, you want to do cocaine, Jordan? Go ahead, don't do it. Yeah, we, <laughs> we trust you. Yeah. It sounds like they saw who you were as a child and realized that if within boundaries, if they allowed you to explore the questions you were asking, that you would come to the answer yourself. Me? Yeah. Yeah, that's taking a, like, risk, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, not it ever like, you know, yeah, not everyone's going to figure that out. I, with just a lot of luck and lucky bounces, just, it's, it's so far turned out pretty well, and I'm thinking it's going to continue to turn out. Well, uh, yeah. I've been reading about, there's a, one of the coaches I'm working with, his name is Alex Scharf, and he's got this book called The Entrepreneurial Personality Type. Hmm. Your guide to the, to the most important and misunderstood people among us. And it's fascinating because basically his whole concept is that entrepreneurs are just like a whole different breed 
of human beings and we the way we think about the world and he talks a lot about being in momentum and like we always have to be moving or else we feel like something's wrong and we always have to be building something or else we feel like we're not doing what we're set on this earth to do so yeah that's i i suffer from that big time i just i create work for myself busy like it's it's annoying yeah check out the book he's offering it free uh free shipping uh free with shipping it's freemomentumbook.com it's it's really interesting he he helps basically companies that are scaling at different points in their business like half a million to a million million to three three to ten ten to thirty thirty to a hundred and at each point like you you have to go through different challenges and he's just kind of mapped them all out he's got this framework that he uses he's been doing this for like 20 30 years and uh really smart guy been inspired and it's interesting when i'm around people like that like i feel like i'm with my tribe and i feel like you know, these people that get me, I can speak the language. And stuff well, like well with so people like what? Just entrepreneurial type. Yeah. People that are, you know, and I'm wondering if you, you maybe you've had that experience as well. Like when, when you're around people that are, are excelling. I'm a chameleon. I really am. I, ch I mean, I think we all do this to a certain extent, but I'll even notice like my speaking patterns and, and tonalities and my vocabulary change on a dime, depending on who it is. Yeah. Yeah very much so like i can i've never like i don't I, I don't smoke weed like i don't do that but i could mix right into the stoner like <laughs> vibe like i like and i've done it so many times being a you know the last four years being an 18 to 22 year old college student and you know in party situations like yeah, I've, yeah. I've blended in there many times you're like dude i'm so high <laughs> <laughs> you watch enough movies you watch enough movies you figure it out yeah i growing up that i really didn't watch movies like i i just didn't i yeah i, I yeah you asked me you know oh did you, you ever see that movie the answer is always no always unless it's the great gatsby curious george or wolf of wall street i haven't seen it <laughs> so yeah like i you know and again being like 22 years old and you know being you know very playing very much I'm playing up a little bit like like I'm I'm supposed to be in like double A right now, but I'm kind of like being forced to play in the major leagues with some of the people that I deal with. And then I go hang out with my friends uh, and it's a very different like it's a very different thing. Very different. I don't I'm just I have to like optimize for a lot of people all the time, wear a lot of different hats yeah, and it's not like a bad thing, but no, not at all. What do your friends think about what you're doing? Oh, I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you either hear all the time like, you know, wow, or you know, I've actually I've even heard before too. Like, I had a classmate. He's probably like 45 years old, veteran. He's with this program that essentially he's like getting paid to go to school. I became friends with him. Tony's his name and a great guy. And he was telling me uh, a couple of months ago, like, like Jordan, people were talking about how you, know, you got, a, how you got a big ego. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, damn, <laughs> I was like, I mean, they're right. But I was like, I love to know that, that people are like talking about me like that, you know? Cause like the instinct when, who was I talking about? Oh, I was talking about this with, with Dean. Yeah. The, the instinct when, you know, like people see you doing well and they can't figure it out. Like they don't know how to do it. Their instinct is to be like, you know, kind of knock it, like pretty much criticize what you don't have. I think it's part of human nature, like just criticizing what we don't have. Like we always think the girl that like, you know, that we, that we're not with, like, like that we haven't had a chance to get with, like 
we we think like they're and I'm speaking in 22 year old terms, but like, because you're probably married, are you? Uh, no, I'm, I'm actually divorced now. Oh, so, oh, yeah. so maybe you get it. I have a girl, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, I always think like, you know, girl that like, I haven't had a chance to get with like, oh, she's, you know, or she's with this other guy. Oh, she's not that hot anyway. And, and with Dean, it was like, you know, he was so successful at my age, you know, he had 25 apartments when he was 22, owned them. And people were like, I, his friends were like, I don't know where Dean's getting all this money. Like he must be, we're pretty sure he's dealing drugs. And so, yeah, the instinct is definitely to like kind of knock what you can't have. And like, there, yeah, like I said, there's definitely some truth to like the ego thing. Like I'm definitely a cocky bastard, but like, <laughs> it's okay. I'm working on it. What are you doing to keep yourself grounded? I think it's all up here. I, I question myself and constantly I'm trying to like seek out my blind spots, my mental blind spots and and like it takes months to like, you know, see things come around that you thought you were so sure about, but like you you actually were wrong. It's hard to explain, man. Very hard to explain. But just I mean, yeah, things that you you thought were absolutely true and about yourself that are in life that you know just really aren't. I guess it doesn't suffice. But I'm just constantly trying to knock myself down. Sometimes it's a bad thing, actually. But the the ego is a tricky thing, and I've been through enough experiences in life to understand how it can wear like a, a bunch of different masks. And I think the the best thing to do is be open to surrounding yourself with people who may sound initially critical, or may sound like they're trying to knock you down, or just just different flavors. But be open to different opinions, and not always being around people who are just kind of saying the same thing or like propping you up being agreeable and yeah yeah and i think it's important and to your point and this idea of you questioning things early on i think you'll just have to find different things to question and challenge yourself the sooner the better into different ways of thinking the of thinking and and seeing the world and some of the best conversations i've had on the show have been with people whose point of view on whatever it is, politics or, you know, whatever, pick the topic is very, is very different from mine. And it's an interesting, and I've had great conversations because the art of disagreeing without being disagreeable is really, really important. And so, you know, I, I you know, make sure as, as you, as you continue to grow and to continue to have these conversations as much as, you know, it's great to have the, the, the people who are, you know, big names, it's also like, pick topics that you're just like, Oh, I don't know a lot about that. And I feel like I'm in over my head, but it'll push you, you know, it'll push you to just kind of like bring your a game. I did that with this company, Irwin naturals. And mm-hmm. like, I've been seeing his supplements and you know, like whole foods and whatnot for a while, but you know, he was, you know, one of the podcast booking agents actually, you know, well, who was, was he with Jeremy Ryan slates? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But anyway, yeah. One of the rare times that I actually like take on one of those people. You know, we talked about for 50 minutes, uh, cannabis. Yeah. That's, that's like, and, and the line, the easiest interview to prepare forever. Cause I was dead set against it forever. And like, I, so I just had this natural line of questioning, like, <laughs> like all yeah. the tough questions all like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was, it was probably, it's one of my favorite interviews ever actually. How'd it go? Really great. Like all the bad things you hear about 
cannabis. Like I just addressed it. Like for example, me being 22, like brain development, like that's definitely like that would be a concern. And you know, does it stupid things like oh, does it kill brain cells? Like you know, and and so just kind of addressed all these all of those things. And, and him being a physicist, it just it was a good person to talk to about. Like I wouldn't talk to like a friend who smokes yeah. weed about that. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. It's funny. And what would you say you learned from that conversation? I learned that it was okay and that I should be more open to it. And what did you learn about handling conversations in which you're not initially the subject matter, but being coming at it from a place of being generally curious? It's hard to verbalize. I was actually going to ask you, what are some like the rules of being, of, of disagreeing without being disagreeable? The key is to, to take the emotion out of it, you know, and the, the key is to understand. I studied astrology a little bit too. So what's fascinating when I first there for the first couple of weeks and they pulled my chart up and it was on the wall and he started telling me about me and he started telling me things about me that very few people know. And it was like, oh, because this house isn't here, and this is like, you like your privacy, but you like technology, and then you like communi- the ability to communicate and connect people. And I was like, and he's like, what do you do? I was like, oh, podcasting. I was like, it makes perfect sense. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, and the more he went in, the more I realized like there's people, and this is whether you, and this is, doesn't have to apply to astrology, whether, whether the, the, the people, whatever, regardless of what people think about it, but people come into this world with hardwired with certain beliefs. And that's why we have Republicans and conservatives and people who like love going to church and people who are like profoundly spiritual, but, and then, or people who are like uh, atheists. So that's kind of like who they are. And that's, you know, that's their blueprint. And so you're never going to get them to change. Like it's, it's literally like, and you, and you see it play out in politics all the time. Like you're trying to get people to change the way they are. And what I realized is like, people are the way they are because that's how they came to this earth. And, and sometimes what you want to do is understand why do you see the world the way you do? And if they can ex- and explain it and you're like, okay, I don't agree, but I get it. You know, <laughs> I get, that's why you see the world that way. And I can't, in the same way that I can't fault you, you know, and, and saying that you're a crazy person or, you know, that you're, um, or I can't, diminish your viewpoint and saying my the way I view the world is better than yours and I can't place a value judgment on their perception right. of the world I can't I'm, I'm just like oh, okay if you see, so it's kind of like neutral it's not scoring it's not like you know that 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 value you know what, what you what you say is is better or worse than mine it's just not it's just if you're kind of neutral and I think this this may be stuff that you know when they teach people when they're debating just kind of this this ability to just have what you want to do is not shut off the conversation you don't want to say something that's going to like offend people you're not trying to say gotcha you know and be like that's stupid like why would I, that's idiotic like you know like when you have tough conversations and people who don't know how to manage them it quickly can get into the conversation being over or worse than that you get punched in the face and then you, can, you know or or even worse than that people you know road rage and all that shit. you know people pulling a gun for stupid stuff like so i think just coming from a place of human to human genuine connection genuine empathy you don't know what their childhood was like you don't know where they were raised you don't know what they've been through like unless it's a you have a three-hour joe rogan conversation maybe you do but you know you can only get so deep and you're like okay 
I, you know, understand. And I, res I respect your opinion. And then if they respect your opinion, then, you know, we're fine and you can shake hands at the end and, you, and you've learned a little bit more about how these, you know, the other, another viewpoint lives. Yeah. Like I, I asked Grant Cardone about his Scientology beliefs. Uh, yeah. I've been dream. I, I was dreaming of like interviewing him and, and asking that for a long time, actually, like before I ever thought I would, but like, okay. So the opposite of what you just said is, and I voted for the guy, but Donald Trump on the debate stage with Hillary Clinton, like, you know, he's scoring, he's like, he's placing value on her like beliefs and like, yeah, he just go doesn't go about it the right way. Like, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe that's good. Maybe that's part of what got him elected. Like maybe creating that drama is like a, a, and being like that, acting like that's a good, maybe it worked to his advantage. I don't know. But like, been, I've been watching presidential debates for like a human, be, as, as a human behavior thing. Cause that's my favorite thing in the world. Just the way, again, and I didn't even vote for her, but like the way that she handled it. Oh my God. Awesome. She like, like to, to keep a poker face the whole time, yeah, yeah. like not react, uh, was just so admirable. Because like, if she, if she did react, like I, it, it would have been like over for her. Like, oh, a woman can't be president, you know. Mm -hmm. So like, she's too emotional. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a mess if she reacted. Now we're off topic, but actually, you, you no, it's me. all, it's all, it's all the same thing. Has your view of uh, Trump changed since? They, since you voted for him? I like him. I just think that there are some... Like, he needs to observe the fourth law of power from the 48 laws of power. Always say less than necessary because the more you say, the more likely you are to say something stupid. That's one of the reasons that you should say less than necessary. And there's a great story in in the laws of... in the 48 laws of power about that. Like, you know, this person in, like, medieval times, he was going to get I think it was Russia. Like, like he was he was sent to be executed. He was he was going to be hung, and the uh, the rope broke. And traditionally, what happened back then, uh, at least in this place, you know, uh, like if the rope broke, then they would take that as a sign, and they would not try to hang him, hang the person again, mm -hmm. and they, they just let him off. And the person that was there for the hanging, who was like. He, he went and delivered the news to the king and was having the king sign these papers to like, you know, let the guy off the hook. And, and the king goes, Hmm, well, wait a minute. Did he say anything after, after, uh, the rope broken? And the, uh, the messenger goes, yeah, actually he did. And, and what he told the king was, he said, and this is exactly what the person said when, when, when the rope broke, these stupid Russians, they can't even make, they can't even make rope right. And the king heard that and, and puts puts down the, the paper, pushes it away, doesn't sign it, and says, All right, well let's let's prove. Let's prove to him how great our rope is. And they hung him again, and the rope did not break this time. If he would have just kept his mouth shut, oh, he would have still he would have lived, but he couldn't. And I feel that way a lot with, with Trump that, you know, a lot of just things that, that he says are just not necessary. Like, just say less, say less, buddy. Like, you're good. Like, stop. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily the best quality in a, in a leader, because what they say is really a, f a reflection of 
who they are as a person. And the fact that he's saying it is because he believes it. And that's the scary part sometimes. Well, he, well, he, needs, a, he needs a tweet less. He's had an interesting run. And I think uh, the experiment in my mind is, <laughs> I feel like it's run its course, but we'll see. It'll be an interesting November uh, as of this recording. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see the effect of like all you know the accumulation of all these actions and words over the past four years to see like like did that you know positively sway people or negatively sway people? Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people that that, that hate him, but we'll see what the votes say uh, in, in November. So when you talked about you know it was important for you to understand. You're asking early on why, so just to, to kind of bring this all back, um, and it's the question you asked a lot when you were younger, have you thought about what your purpose is and what's going to keep you driving, if you think about the next two, three years, the podcast and what you're building right now, what's going to be the motivation to keep you moving forward? I think that's just the fact that I have fun is what is going to keep me here and stay in the course. Who's the most inspiring person you know? James Altucher. Why? Because he's the, in my opinion, one of the best interviewers and he's so curious and his curiosity makes the show and he's not afraid to like stumble over his words and, and he's not afraid to sound stupid and he just, yeah. And he's, and he's so smart too. Mm-hmm. Like I've been watching his Instagram lives. Oh, so good. He's really, he's really got a, a he, he just has this, this foresight into like the whole situation that's going on with the world right now, you know, with all his different experiences, uh, you know, with, you know, being broke with, with running hedge funds, with, with uh, running companies and selling them and, uh, like he just, it's like all compounded and it just, he makes a lot of sense. Like I'd, I'd vote for him if he ran for president. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, put the bug in his ear. Yeah. I'm sure he'd be pretty popular. A couple of questions as we wrap up. Uh, what's something you've changed your mind about recently? Something where you thought things, you, you believed either strongly or somewhat strongly about something that this is the way things should be. And then something happened and you're like, oh, maybe it's not the way I thought it was. Or maybe something happened to give you a different perspective on the topic. And you're like, oh, maybe I can revisit that topic. I don't know. I know. I mean, I know there are things. Sounds like it happened with cannabis. Okay. Yeah, it did. Because <laughs> like, yeah, two and a half years ago, I wrote, I wrote a very negative article about it with all these like you know, cherry picked scientific references mm. and just condemning it. Yeah. And and now like every two weeks, every other week, I do cannabis in edible form. Like I'll, I, I have these mints. Uh, yeah. I don't have those any. Like, for example, 20 mints, five milligrams each mint, mint. And I would do two mints because 10 is not a lot, but it's perfect. And I got those in November and it took me until April to finish them. So just to give you an idea, like that's how <laughs> little I use it. Like I don't, I don't abuse it. You know, I had 10 
experiences in that time frame. So yeah, now I now I have you know drops. Just a big fan, big fan, man. Like big <laughs> fan of it. Just for like creatively and like it just enables me to think about things in a very new way. Like like you can only view problems and things a certain like a certain number of ways like it's like a fourth dimension Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know it's hard to explain but i've definitely learned a lot and it's probably also helped you understand the importance of having a a flexible mind because and if you think about the the way you thought about things before that that on the topic and now after that conversation now you think about things differently, like, well, if it can happen with that topic, then it could probably happen with other topics. So it kind of keep, gives you with, keeps you with an open mind. Yeah. Like another example is, I, I know we mentioned audiograms and I think that at one point this was true, but like, you know, audiograms were like this awesome way to market podcasts, you know, but they're definitely, like, I'm definitely in, I haven't changed my mind about them. They're still good. You're like, why not? But I'm I'm in the process of changing my I'm teetering I'm I'm teetering back and forth right now on on those yeah coming in, into the home stretch here just want to tell you I appreciate you taking the time to come on and I really I've really enjoyed our conversation I'm, I'm it feels like it's been a a long time coming I want to say that I'm extremely proud of, of of what you've done it's very admirable and I love your your work ethic and I I just having been doing this for uh, as long as I have I've seen you know a lot of people try and it's very easy to notice sometimes when someone is serious about this as something that they want to continuously get better on um i can and i can tell by how you tackle this from the beginning and learning even more about you now who as a person in terms of your inquisitive nature that it's not surprising to to see that why you've had the success you've had so just want to congratulate you for that and wishing you a lot more success as you continue to grow as a podcaster. Thank you, Harry. You're very sharp and well-spoken and you seemingly do everything right. <laughs> Say everything right. And you're like a, you sound like a meditation teacher that really wants you to win. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do want you to win. Yeah. No, and, and, and just knowing, you know, where I was when I was 22 and, and a lot of the mistakes that I made, continue to surround yourself with people in different professions and that would will help you grow both from a business standpoint obviously but also from a, a mindset perspective you know whatever your connection is with spirit and spirituality like go d- go deeper on that and that mindset you have of always asking why ask it for all aspects of your life and you know if it's in it and if there's stuff that makes you uncomfortable that's the stuff that you dig deeper in because if you can work through those knots you're going to come out a better person at the end of it thank you harry yeah where's the best place for folks to track you down online hey growth mindset university is the podcast and it's a lot of fun (laughs) thanks again jordan i appreciate you coming on so thanks again to jordan for sharing his story truly inspiring He's a character and it's just a testament to his dedication, everything that he's been able to do at 22, all the the folks uh, that he's had on the show, um, his passion for podcasting and really the drive and the story tells it all. What he's been able to accomplish is truly impressive. So hats off to Jordan. 
I see nothing but good things in your future. Remember that full show notes are available at podcastjunkies.com forward slash 227. Intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil. Cedarsoil.com for the full list of music in his catalog. Podcast production and marketing provided by Fullcast. Sign up for a free consultation at fullcast.co forward slash chat 15 to discuss how we can help you and your business with your podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or past episodes, please leave us a rating and review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash podcast junkies. As always, special thanks to our sponsor, Focusrite and the Scarlet 2i2 sound card. Make sure you tune in next week for my engaging conversation with my good friend, Liz LaJoy of the Zen Money Podcast. If you made it this far, no doubt you're looking for the retention hashtag. Let's go with Jordan22 <laughs> as the hashtag. Thanks again for all you do to support the show. Love you guys. Catch you next week.